Welcome to episode three of Glorious King of the Kaiju. Uh, we're back again uh, with another kaiju film. Surprise, surprise. But would I not hope you're excited. How novel. Mm. We uh, took the time to step away from Fire Emblem. <laughs> you took the time to step away from Fire Emblem. Hey, I did that a few weeks ago. Well, maybe not a few weeks. That's a bit long, but... I've uh, I've been using the you were playing fire my... you you were playing fire emblem about three minutes ago. That's that's not even true. Oh, were you playing Gregalia instead? Yeah, it's different. I did I do have fire emblem characters in there, but I was oh, not using okay. them. Okay. Anyway, that's <laughs> that's besides the point. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, we are probably going to be more timely this time. Um, we're not at the end of the month this time, so not yet. Not yet, no. Like, I'm knocking on wood as I haven't like edited this yet or anything like that. But we'll should, see. should I tell the audience that it is the 15th of August as we record this? No, don't tell them that. Okay, I'll keep um, it a secret. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're we're watching uh, for this month Ghidorah the Free-Headed Monster. I'll leave the uh, the Japanese name for you again. Well, I mean, should we even say it yet? Fair point. Um, maybe I, say... I didn't. I didn't know it going on, uh, going in, and benefited from that. Okay. All right. Well, we'll leave the 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 grand reveal until we we get through the film. <laughs> um, I'm just like kind of quickly although, scanning through this stuff to see if there's any spoilers. But although I do have some uh, some qualms with the title. Sure. Yes. Same. Um, We'll we'll get on to that yes. shortly, I think. Um, so we'll rock straight into our fun facts section. Uh, incidentally, uh, that we didn't get any comments on episode two, so I'm taking that to mean that it was perfect. Um, mm-hmm. But you can you can leave any retroactive commentary on on the post for this one on thegloriablog.com if you shall decide to do that. Um, so yeah, moving straight into fun facts. Uh, this is technically a direct sequel to Mothra vs. Godzilla. Which um, I which I also didn't know going in, but which I picked up pretty quickly after the intro title card bit. Yeah, so they, they don't hide the fact that it's a sequel, although honestly I don't think it really matters too much. Uh, if they don't like the previous n- film. none of the characters like refer back to the previous events. It's just uh, There is one exception. Okay. That I can think of. Okay. Um and and that's regarding the fairies talking about the Mofras. Oh yeah, that's fair. Which um, which we all get to. Yes. Um so yeah, direct sequel to that film. That film was released April twentieth, nineteen sixty four. This film was released December twentieth, nineteen sixty four. So Oh what? Yep. So more. Okay. I I wouldn't even be surprised if there was a no, another Ishiro Honda not Godzilla film in between those two because they were just churning them out. But, Jeez. Yeah, and obviously they hadn't. This was not planned to be a sequel. They they did this. They rushed the sequel out because of the popularity of Marvel versus Godzilla. So it's a pretty quick turnaround time. I, um, I that's that's really interesting to me, given the nature of the Mothra content in this film. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh I would honestly yeah, I would say that it's even though it's a Godzilla film, it's probably more of a Mothra film honestly. Um it it's it, a, it's an ensemble piece. 
It is. Like, I, I feel like you could make a case for Ghidorah as well, obviously, but I think is... like, of, of all of the kaiju in this film, I think Ghidorah might have the least screen time. Uh, absolutely, 100%. Like, it, it's a, a bit strange considering the build-up, but I guess we'll get onto that. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 got a bit of a focus, let's say, on, on other monsters. Um, second fun fact, Akiko Wakabayashi, who plays the princess, and you'll be hearing about her shortly, uh, also plays Aki in the James Bond film, You Only Live Twice, which was released three years later in 1967. Interestingly, I don't know if you've, you've seen You Only Live Twice, but it was set in Japan largely, so that kind makes of makes, yeah, kind of makes sense. It's, I guess I would love to know uh like where they like how they headhunted for that film i would i'd love to for this to have been the performance that swayed them on it but based on the fact that her name is akiko and the character's name is aki Mm. it seems like maybe that character was written with her in mind so i'm gonna i'm gonna unleash a bonus fun fact so that i haven't even written in this document oh heck um her character name was not Aki originally. She requested it become Aki. <laughs> okay, so um, okay, there was there was originally a different actor playing uh, the whatever the original character's name was in that film, um, but she ended up swapping roles with a different actor actress um, because the other actress couldn't speak English well enough. Oh heck, interesting. Mm. So yeah, that was earlier on wikipedia if you're curious but i didn't just know that stuff but but yeah no it's uh it's it's interesting because i I've, honestly i feel like some of the most interesting stuff is is seeing where these actors have come from and where they go after these films and a lot of them are just like monster movie staples like uh we'll get on to in in another fun fact in a minute but like <laughs> you, you know you sometimes get some of these like wilder ones like some people's like careers didn't just stay with toho studios they kind of went on to bigger and better things or um, worse and smaller things or worse and smaller things i'm sure um fun fact number three susumu kurobe credited only as assassin in this movie and he's just one of the like many assassins he's not the main dude he's just one oh is he one of the one of the like four mob people yeah he pretty much just stood in the background and maybe held a gun for okay. a bit Okay. Um, he would become the original Ultraman three years later. The so, one in the suit, or uh, I'm pretty sure it would be both. But oh, I actually now that you say that, I didn't check. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume it's the human that turns into the. Yeah, Ultraman. you'd think so. Otherwise, yeah, no, that would be. Yeah, I don't think he was a suit actor because it's probably just Godzilla's actor that does that. I had a guess. Yeah. Um. I see. Ah, I, I, to, oh, yeah, I was going to say, I see Sarazawa is back. Yep, Sarazawa is indeed back. Um, Akihiko Hirata is back again playing Chief Detective Okita. He kind of doesn't have a major role, but I think as we were watching this film, I mentioned, I'm pretty sure that's our, our eye patch guy. And sure enough, it was. Um, yep. he, he kind of has like a, a pretty bit part, but he's in for like five minutes, sat behind a desk looking important. So that's cool. Which isn't um, the only time in a kaiju film they've done that with him, right? No, no. He he's like he's had like a few main roles in the films that we've seen, but he also just has a lot of very minor roles. And it's not like 
it's not like they're trying to shoehorn him in for cameo's sake. It's just there's a lot of it's like they're just rotating their actors. They're just putting leads into smaller parts in later films and then yeah. smaller and as, part as, characters into leads. As you mentioned in uh, like a, a recent episode, I you, you you mentioned that a lot of these people were salaried. Yes, or at least I believe they were. Like yeah. that, it's just so much of a crossover that I can't believe it was anything else. Yep. Um. So yeah, uh, released in September twenty fifth uh, on September twenty fifth, nineteen sixty five in the US. Uh, and interestingly, to promote the the film, uh, they released King Ghidorah masks uh, into uh, supermarkets and radio stations to promote the film. Now, I'm not sure what a Ghidorah mask would be. Is it like three heads that stick out above your head, or <laughs> I my my assumption would just be that it's just one Ghidorah head, and it's like a a uh, like festival type mask, you know, just yeah. kind of like elastic elastic band and nothing too fancy. I the the only reason I wrote this down is because it's really hilarious to me that in 1965 in the US there were people potentially walking around with King Ghidorah masks on. It, it, it just makes me sad because if it is just one face, like that's not that distinctive. You're sure. missing like the thing that makes Ghidorah distinctive. I, I did look at the um, the citation on Wikipedia for this one and unfortunately the reference is in a book so I couldn't check like the proof of it but I mean, maybe the maybe the mask had like two extra heads on the sides, just <laughs> like 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 two thousand shades. Sure, yeah, <laughs> but with heads, that'd be great. Um, well, maybe we'll try and find if I can like dig up a picture. I'll put it in the show notes. But but it's just kind of fascinating that there was even like a promotional effort because these these films were often released in double bills in the US it yeah. was usually a godzilla film or a godzilla adjacent film and then another sci-fi film from japan not necessarily with giant monsters in it yeah a double feature um, yeah a double feature um so the fact that they were actively like trying to promote this big dragon monster and you know make a bit of a fan base for godzilla in 65 is kind of wild yeah um, i am curious to know how widespread that was mm and final point, uh, Ghidorah's appearance is based on Tsuburaya's design. Tsuburaya, by the way, is the uh, kind of monster designer for a lot of these films. Um, based on the design for a Yamano Orochi monster, which think like what a is, Hydra. What is Yamano Orochi? So it's it's a drag. I think it's a dragon with ten heads. It's basically the Hydra. Okay, ten. Um, but they basically said, "Ah, we're not gonna get ten heads. That's 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 just too much." Given so, how given how some of the puppetry goes in this one, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, so like keeping track of free heads is already a lot. So not that surprised. Um, curiously, though, and I'm not actually sure if this is a Toho movie or not, but there is a Yamano Orochi film with a kaiju Yamano Orochi. So we'll see Ooh. how that works out for them. Have you have you got that on the list? It is on the list. Heck I just yeah. it's it's not it's not plugged in anywhere yet, but mm-hmm. we'll get to it at some point. Cool. And that's my fun facts. Yep. Uh so yeah, we'll get on to the movie. Do you want to kick us off? Uh you you say uh, you wrote this. You say December yeah. 20th, 1964, but that's not right. It's set in January. No, December 20th, 1964 is when the film came out. Oh, okay. Which is why, why I said that it's a Christmas movie. Okay, so it's set in January, but everyone's talking about how it's um, it's it's really warm uh, yes. pretty early on. Uh, anyway, they open with 
uh, clips of um, of the previous film, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, Mothra vs. Godzilla, and oh, it's my favorite Godzilla outfit. <laughs> so... I, think it, I think it was a mix of the last film and the current one, because there were also clips of monsters that weren't in Godzilla vs. Mothra. Oh, okay. Um, at least from my from memory, I'm pretty sure that was the case. Um, anyway, uh, this film opens with like four different threads. Um, uh-huh. There's the it's January and it's too warm. Uh-huh. There's the alien hunters who uh, have the reporter in amongst their midst and blame the fact that they can't find or talk to the aliens on the presence of the reporter because she doesn't believe. Uh, there's uh, the shooting stars. Yep. Uh, which people around the world are looking at. And there's a princess who is on a plane uh, to to do some diplomacy who yeah. gets hypnotized and jumps out of the plane and the plane crashes. So interestingly, in that whole plane sequence, it's... You you seemed pretty clued in on the fact that she was hypnotized. Um, it, like, there was strobing lights outside the window and a voice talking to her. It seems... Yeah. It, it's... So, you're you're correct, like, 100%. Like, knowing knowing this film now, I, I know that that is exactly what happened, but... And and maybe the theremin was a giveaway, but... Oh, there's so there, much theremin in this film. Side note. There is a lot of it. So um, good. I, I guess the, the bit that kind of hung me up on that was... She didn't seem like obviously she was being communicated to like there was a voice that was talking to her, even though she wasn't like reacting to it. She was just like zombie walking out of the plane. Yeah, like looking straight ahead, not emoting at all. Yeah, um, which kind of made it seem like she was the one like talking to someone. Oh, like that's where I got a bit hung up because I wasn't quite sure where who the voice was and who they were talking to. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, sure enough, it was her. Interestingly as well, even though she was hypnotized and we'll find out, you know, the, some of the reasons behind that in a bit, but she does still jump out of a plane and survive. Um, yes, I have my suspicions about what happened there. Um, okay. I, I assume that, the thing that hypnotized her, which again we'll get to, um, needed her out in the open. I think the thing that hypnotized her was one of those shooting stars. Okay. And needed her out in the open in order to capture her. And then hmm. used some non specific ability to prevent the body getting destroyed on impact with the ground. Yeah. Because so the, the plane that's... then immediately crashed. Yeah, the plane crashes into a mountain. I'm pretty sure she lands in the sea because we talk. We 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 get to hear from a fisherman later on who scoops her out. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, but there's kind of no addressing of like she's never levitating or anything in this film. We don't know no. how she breaks her fall. I don't think that matters. I, I I no, it's it's considering what happens. It's like the least confusing part of this whole film. Yep. But it it's still a bit strange. But, anyway, yeah. while while we're on the princess, there's one more like sub thread uh which is there's an assassination plot from yes. like four very conspicuous mobster looking types. Yeah, they 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 pre-googled what a mobster looks like and threw four <laughs> of them into this film. Yep. 
uh, and they are like this. You 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 made a reference to the Wet Bandits. <laughs> I did. Um, and that's kind they, of that's kind of appropriate. Yeah, they they look they look the part, but they also the way that they act it's and the way a lot of the people act. It is. It's very like deliberate motions and like they were performing on a stage for a lot of it rather than you know actually looking like they were trying to kill someone there's there's the bit the bit where you referenced the wet bandits was uh in the hotel when yep. one of them approached the door to pick it and they like hold their hands up to their sides and twiddle their fingers <laughs> a bit before they get in there and it's yeah. just so theatric and so good like they were trying to steal some food or something <laughs> it's yep. like anyway yeah tone in in this film is a bit out of whack yeah so they set up all these threads, and it's like none of them appear related to each other at all. Uh, and you wonder how they're all going to tie them together. And mm-hmm. I think they actually kind of do eventually, which I was impressed by. For a lot of it, like they they kind of drop the whole UFO chases pretty quickly. That's and- that's true. And the shooting star stuff as well kind of doesn't really get addressed. And I guess they kind of replace the the UFO chaser conspiracy theories with the people who follow the mysterious woman from Venus. Yes. Which I guess is another thread that we should address. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very related, I guess. But yeah, there's a lot happening in this film in the first like, 15 to 20 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, so we are introduced to... Uh, this woman who's uh, out on the streets on a, on a soapbox talking about the end times being nigh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's a there's a really weird comment that someone in the audience makes that we'll just skip on past. Um, it was the sixties, I guess. <laughs> uh, but basically, she's just like the end times are coming, and does does she at this point mention that there are going to be monsters or? No, she's she basically at this point is like it's the end of the world run. Uh, she doesn't really kind of provide a way off the planet. Yeah, even uh, though it's the planet she says is doomed. But yes, uh, and our reporter friend who was hanging out with the UFO hunters picks up on this yep. story instead uh, and goes after her. Yeah. So interestingly, like this, the film has like two human protagonists there's naoko the the journalist who was the one who ruined the alien communication attempts at the beginning yes uh and her brother who is we don't actually learn his name he's just detective whatever their surname is Mm. for a lot of it and and he becomes or he was meant to be the bodyguard of the princess who jumped out of the plane so he's kind of out of a job well he's not out of a job (laughs) he's just not bodyguarding the princess for a lot of this film um but yeah, it's it's quite interesting that they've they they kind of do a pretty decent job of following two separate threads as far as these two these two um, people are concerned. Um, we all, we even get like a, a bit of a scene with uh, uh, back at their apartment with their mum, who is like kind of being a mum, like yelling at them at the table because they're fighting over something silly. Yeah, so I mean these these people are like mid to late 20s probably they're not super old yeah um that sounds about right yeah so it, it's it's an interesting dynamic because a lot of these other films have just been like one solo protagonist or uh, and even then they're not usually that, that good i would say that these people are not 
particularly fleshed out. They are at the end of the day a journalist and a detective. Yep. Um, but it's better than we've seen, I think, for yep. for a lot of these main characters. Um. Yeah. I I I agree, I agree with that. Um. So one of the prophecies that this mystery woman from Venus drops is uh is that there's going to be a bad thing happening at a volcano. Not necessarily that the volcano is going to erupt, mm-hmm. just that a bad thing's going to happen at uh, at a volcano. Yep. Um so the reporter and the prophecy person just just does so the princess gets a name, I think. Uh, does does the alien from Venus who is possessing the princess get a name? <laughs> it doesn't matter I, if not. I don't think so. I, I feel like... I, I'm trying to remember what they refer to her before they realise that she's the princess. But Because when they realise it's the princess, they just refer to her as the princess. Right. Um... I, I honestly I don't think it's much more than just the, the the weird person yelling. Yeah. Um I forget. Um we we do <laughs> whilst we're in the uh whilst we're in the room uh the the kind of living room with the uh the oh, main two characters. God, and, yeah, um, this. <laughs> there's a fantastic kind of zoom in on their color vision. Black and white. Well it's not even black and white, it's in color, but it's like Good old classic CRT TV. Mm-hmm. Zoom in on the screen, and there's just a variety TV show starting. You got two people up on stage, like uh, a comedy double act. One of them is really short, and the other yeah, one's really um, tall, and they're riffing on that. It it like super felt like they were just going to start doing a man's eye act. They got a big red curtain behind them. They invite a, a couple of kids on stage, and and they ask these kids um what celebrity they would like to meet and they'll make it happen that was like the kind of premise of this tv show and the celebrity these kids want to meet is mofra <laughs> which is amazing anyway yeah like uh, even even beyond what happens immediately after this that is such a great answer <laughs> yeah it's i so this is like one of the very few things that kind of ties back to the other film because they're obviously acknowledging that mofra exists uh and and the uh, the things that happened in that last film, um, so they say Mofra, and they basically turn around and say, "Well, you know, we got Mofra," and they kind of peel the the curtains away, and it's not actually Mofra, but it's the Mofra fairies, the Shobijin. Yep, just just in the middle of the there. stage, tiny tiny chairs in the middle of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so these like fairy guardians of Mofra decided, you know what? Fuck it, yeah, we will actually show up on this TV show. So yeah, they are this 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 is the part that gets me. They are the fairy guardians of Mothra. Yeah. And they're not on Infamous Island. They're no. they're doing a television tour. They come to mainland Tokyo to appear on TV and sing the Mothra song. <laughs> for the I, first for the first of twice in this film. Yeah. I it's very it's super weird, but it's it's just it's super good as well. It's it's so bad, but I love it. But there's 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 a part of this that I don't I don't know how diegetic this is supposed to be, because hmm. um during the song we yeah. get an establishing shot of the island and then a bunch of shots of the island and Mothra just like dancing to the music with mm-hmm. the peanuts sorry, the fairies, um like semi-transparently floating around Mothra, 
Yes. As a grub, for the record. Mothra is, for the entirety of this film, a grub. Um, And then when they pan out of the television again and go back to the living room that they started in, it's the shot of the island, like the cave in the island with the people dancing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's supposed to be what actually is on their television. It, it it was not shown particularly well. It it felt to me like a like an old music video recording, and that they actually did get footage of Mofra and played it on TV. Hmm. I don't know that that actually did happen, but that's what it felt like. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, it it's I don't know. The whole thing was bizarre. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just like this weird variety show that didn't really tie into anything other than to say, yeah, Mothra exists in this universe and people know who Mothra is. It was a 10 minute long segment of the Shelbijin are on are in Tokyo and Mothra isn't. <laughs> yep. Because it's important later, but <laughs> this is true. Important. This is true. Um ba 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 uh, anyway, they go to the this volcano where the prophecy was uh, supposed to be, mm-hmm. uh, and they're like, "It's not going to erupt." There's some scientists there who are saying, "Like, it's not going to erupt. It couldn't possibly erupt. It's just, it's not due right now." And the prophecy is all well. The 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 woman from Venus slash the princess is all. It doesn't have to be an eruption. It's just something bad's going to happen. Yeah, she she's on her soapbox again, like adamantly trying to get people to go away. And Rodan hatches. Yeah, uh, in the in the in the basin of the volcano, Rodan hatches, and everybody panics, and we get some Benny Hill ass footage of people running to buses. <laughs> it's like they they were very proud of having got all of this good like footage of extras running to buses, and they wanted to make it all get in this film, but instead of cutting it, they just sped it up. For no reason? I don't think it was a time constraint thing, because it happens again later. I'm pretty sure it was a stylistic choice. It, it's just... I don't... It looks awful. Bad. It looks yeah. effing terrible. It's uh, not even like Benny Hill fast either. It's like it's like one and a half times at yeah. yeah. It's, it's real weird. Uh, and then Rodan climbs out of the volcano. Uh, you've written Burps the Godzilla Cry. <laughs> Yeah, the first thing Rodan does is just makes the Godzilla cry noise, and but like I a don't very understand be- why. like a very brief chunk of it. It's super weird. Yeah, it's like you you start playing it and then just press the stop button. Done. Mm-hmm. We played like a second of the Godzilla cry, but now Rodan's awake and flying around, and that's something we're going to have to contend with later, I'm sure. Yeah, they also the the um, princess slash lady from Venus. Uh, makes a comment and says that Rodan has been revived, which is um, weird because there was two of them in the last film. Yeah, so the the even though Rodan the film was not the last kaiju film, it is the last appearance of Rodan before this. Mm-hmm. So canonically, we saw two Rodans, and they called them Rodans as in a species. Yep, we saw two Rodans die in in a volcano. Um. And now one Rodan has revived. They didn't. It wasn't born. As far as we can tell, it revived. It might be. It, that might just have been like a weird translation thing or something. It it could be because certainly um, it it did appear to be born out of the place where the previous two had been nesting. 
It could, yeah, that could be that. That could be the case. The other thing as well is that they say that Rodan has revived, not a Rodan has revived. Yes, it's we're not a species anymore. Apparently, it's it's yep. the monster Rodan. Um, it's just a weird like bit of retconning by the sounds of it. But you know, either way, Rodan's here, and there's only one of them this time. Um, I was I was gonna say. I don't think there were any fatalities at Rodan's birth site, but there was the guy who ran down into the volcano to retrieve someone's hat for 200 yen. Yeah, there's a fun just scene where a, a guy loses his hat down into the volcano and another man haggles with him as to how much it would cost for him to go and get it. And I'm assuming that that guy didn't survive. I don't know that we saw him much we, after we didn't... he started to climb. Yeah, we didn't see him die. He just he went down there. It started shaking. We see Rodan hatch, and he screams. So we can assume he died. But yep. I don't think Rodan did it like deliberately. And I don't think least. anybody else did either. Like I don't think we see any of the buses get effed up. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think Rodan's kill count for this film is is zero. Maybe. Mm, maybe. Maybe. I'd certainly. Ah, we'll get to the big fight later. Um, yeah. Uh, the next thing of significance that happens is um, the fairies are on a boat that's going back to Infant Island, where they can go back mm-hmm. to Mothra, where they probably should have been at the beginning. Yep. Um, I guess this is why the the variety show scene is even here to establish yeah, why they're not there. Yeah, it's it's absolutely it's an excuse to make the fairies be in Tokyo uh, without Mothra having been there yet. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, uh, Princess from Venus shows up on the boat and says, something terrible is going to happen to the ship. Um, you, you can't set sail. You can't set sail. Uh, and I think the reporter smuggles the fairies off the boat. Yeah, the, the reporter, uh, the fairies and Venus lady all off the boat by the time it sets sail. And then immediately sinks because Godzilla shows up. Yep, Godzilla just rocks up. Oh, we see some amazing like whale puppets. Oh, they're I guess. so bad. <laughs> there was just like we couldn't tell what they were at first. There's just a bunch of like they it looked like tentacles, honestly. Yeah, uh, kind of waving at the top of this of the sea, and then you see Godzilla behind them, and you kind of piece together that these are like whales swimming away. Mm. Um, and then yeah, Godzilla just kind of stands up out of the ocean and. Smashes the ship for reasons. Yep, just because it's Godzilla and Godzilla wanted to break that ship, I guess. Um, but yeah, prophecy confirmed again. Yep. Um, speaking of, uh, we we get some we get some backstory of 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 Venus Princess. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a an interview with, as you mentioned earlier, the fisherman who uh, picked her out of the sea. Um, who has her princess bracelet for for some reason presumably he's given that as like a, a a thank you for retrieving her out of the sea uh, he was given that in exchange for his clothes that's how he interpreted it but like yeah. i'm I, i'm uh, i'm it, very confused about like she doesn't she doesn't express like gratitude or any real human interaction at all in this film no uh, to me the as, as much as that was the given reason for why he has the bracelet my my assumption is that the uh, person from Venus inhabiting the princess's body just didn't want people to recognize her as the princess. Right, that seems... Yes, okay. So it was like, you here, you just take this. I don't want it. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, they make a big deal out of this bracelet before they find it again, yes. because it's like... It's the princesses. Anyway, uh, 
she she gives us some some backstory or someone was is it is it her that gives us the backstory mm. we get some backstory uh that is um it's and i i, I wrote this down as it's the plot that the super mario brothers movie opens with there's an asteroid that hit the Earth that like opened a portal between dimensions, and oh right, and there's yeah, a prince, so... and there's a princess who belongs in the other one, who needs. To... It's weird, right? Yeah, no. When I when I said at the beginning of this podcast that they don't explain how she manages to get out of a plane, they absolutely did explain it. It's just the explanation was bad, and I forgot about it. Oh, this uh, is okay. Yes, yeah. This doesn't this, actually this happen in the... history. Yeah, this is the um, the UFO guy that we met at the beginning who was complaining about the whole aliens not showing up stuff. They have him at a desk with like comically large models. It's like a giant globe. He looks like oh, a borrower. This is, this is the bit where I ran away uh, and we paused on a frame with just some <laughs> really, really comic looking UFOs. Yes, it's it's like he has a set. It's not meant to be a TV show, but it looks like a set. I mean, it's it's um, it's it's his cool it's his cool desk that he he keeps he keeps the, the monuments of the things that interest him around it. Yeah, it's a Japanese otaku, except it's UFOs and not anime figures. Yeah, because anime hasn't been invented yet. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he basically says that the reason why she didn't like immediately die was because of a dimension opening and she fell through them or some bullshit i don't it was bad this this is why i forgot about it he said it's why i wrote down a princess between worlds like she he mentions that he she passed through worlds as she fell and therefore survived that way i don't this guy by the way is just He's a guy that chases UFOs and gets annoyed when people disrupt his alien summoning plans. He's obviously not a professional of any kind, and I don't know why they're asking him for his opinion, but mm-hmm. but here he is anyway. Okay. Uh, um, I also I also think he was in the police station because this was like immediately after the the police scene with uh, detective main character and Doctor Serizawa. So he's made um, up. A, so does that mean that he's a cop? I I don't know because like, he's got an just... office in this police station if it's a police station. So this is the thing, it looked like he had an office, but at the same time this film has some dodge cuts in the beginning that it could just be offsite. I don't know. This is fair. Um we're about to get to a bunch of scenes at a hotel where pretty much all of the story happens for like a big chunk of the film. Yeah. Um and just everybody converges on this hotel. Yeah, so they, they they've taken the princess slash Venus uh, alien. alien person uh, to this hotel. It, I I I'm trying to remember exactly why they take her here because they're not explicitly hiding her. I don't think. Yeah, I but, don't know that they know about the mob at this point. No, they I'm they've cottoned onto the fact that she's the princess, but. I don't believe they have any reason to to believe there's a there's a mob gang out. But also the mob gang are actually in the hotel before they arrive somehow. Yeah, I think that might just um, be a coincidence. I 
I'm not that, certain. That would be my assumption, but at the same time, the the mobsters like were not surprised at all. They just like looked at her and were like, that's definitely the princess. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so they wait until uh, she's left alone in, um, in the hotel room that she's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get our great wet bandit scene where they run in and the fairies, who are also in that room, think very quickly and run up to a light switch and turn the light off and this freaks the wet bandits out and we get just a really really good shootout it's like for some context like malness the the kind of lead bandit um he he when he gets this knife out he kind of like does that very uh, typical like film thing where he kind of reflects like, reflects light off of the blade into the camera lens just to show you that it's absolutely a real knife. That happens twice. Yeah, and then he kind of like just holds it around, not like to her throat in that I'm going to cut your throat kind of way, it was just kind of around her head in general in not kind of a particularly threatening manner, but also he he kind of wasn't it, it, there was no reason for him to have a knife out. He wasn't threatening her. He was saying he was going to kill her, but was also just having a chat to make sure she was the princess. Mm. Um, I I don't know. It it was very weird. It was. Although the 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 shootouts in this film are just they are <sighs> they are chef kiss. They are phenomenal, but for all of the wrong reasons. Oh yes. As are the kaiju fights. Speaking of kaiju, uh, uh, while all this has been happening, there is a um, a squad of people uh, who have been like chasing after the site where one of the meteorites in the in the meteor shower that the film opened with crashed, uh, and they've mm-hmm. set up a camp near it because it looks like a big slimy egg, uh, which which is magnetic for some reason. Also, these just terrific scenes of like interspersed throughout the movie, where just metal objects are really badly floating towards this. Egg. Oh yeah, <laughs> like and, there's puppetry and, of pickaxes, and it's just very funny. It it's like someone has like imagine like a a fishing rod and a lure, and you're kind of yanking it in and out of the water so that it kind of drifts down and then mm-hmm. jerks up and drifts down. That's how it's floating. That's not how magnets work. Yep. Film. Yep. Like. What? It's it's it it's obviously they've they've got these props on strings and they're like Yep. They're just not doing the magnet thing. They're not like instantly sticking to the egg. They're no, like they, dancing over. They're like magic worms. It's Yeah. It's, it's very bit, it's very good. Um Disney's Fantasia up in this. And this this camp is the source of uh I think your favourite line in the film. Uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, someone someone looks at this egg and remarks, "How odd! Meteorites don't grow." <laughs> Which yeah, on, no honestly, <laughs> after after seeing it like magnetize a bunch of stuff towards it, um, I had I had two conclusions. One of which was, well, most meteorites don't gravitate material towards them. Presumably, this thing is growing because it's pulling material onto it. Um, but also, it's a magnet, which means that the material it's pulling towards itself is a, a, a metal, which means that it's Pulgasari. Yeah, it's Pulgasari yeah, on is... the list, by the way. Oh, of course. Good. Like, <laughs> it's it's 
Um, we will do Polgasari one of these days. We, for the record, we have both seen Polgasari, but yes. that was a while ago. Uh, the important thing to note about Polgasari is that Polgasari grows by eating metal, and also it's a North Korean kaiju film. Sure is. Um, uh, what else is going on in kaiju world? Uh, Godzilla's trashing Tokyo, um, and then Rodan flies in and lures Godzilla out of Tokyo. Yeah, I you know at the time it felt like Rodan was luring Godzilla, but I feel like it was just Rodan past Godzilla, and Godzilla's pissed off at Rodan and decides to follow it. Well, for- Godzilla seemed like it was up for a fight. For- fortunately for us, uh, we do actually get to hear Godzilla express thoughts in language later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but we'll get to that. Um... Uh, what other threads are happening at the at this point? Uh, there's so there's a brief like cut back to the princess in the room after the wet bandits escape out of a window because it's too dark for them to do anything. Um, <laughs> yep. The reporter, I think actually it's the reporter and the um, brother detective mm-hmm. uh, show up, um, and they just find the princess inside the um, fireplace. I think. Oh, just like huddling in a corner with a book. Yeah. She has a book open and she's reading it. Well, no, she's not, is the thing. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So she's meant to be reading it. It's in, I think it's in English. It's not in Japanese. Uh, And it's very badly dubbed over just bad lip syncing. I don't think it's even bad lip syncing. It's just like they didn't attempt to lip sync it as far as I can tell. Yeah, they just said, move your mouth a bit and we'll put some dialogue on top of it, I guess. I guess you could put it up to, oh, that's just that's just Venus. That's a, a technique that Venus have Venus people have for talking. <laughs> yep. And the uh, the uh, journalist, uh, her first comment after seeing all of this, bear in mind she's like sat on the floor, speaking some weird language, reading a book in the dark, is, you can read in the dark and not, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, or are you okay? Yeah, just like, <laughs> were you shot? Did you get stabbed by the guy who was rubbing his knife on your face? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a weird priorities. Um, and then the growing meteorite hatches. Mm-hmm. We get it, a cool uh... fireworks show. Um, and then an even cool, like a legitimately awesome looking fireworks show. As we learn something pretty fundamental about one of our favorite kaiju, uh, that it was formed out of gas. Yeah, like this like, egg. This egg opens up, and we get this scene of this egg opening up, and you think, "Oh, it's going to be like King Ghidorah in there or something," but no, it's like a fireball comes out of it, goes up into the sky, and then forms into the shape of King Ghidorah. Yeah, it's it's like the. They obviously wanted a, a a part of the movie where they could demonstrate their animation skills because obviously this is all just drawn onto film, but... and it does look super hecking good. Oh yeah, it's it it holds up for sure. It's one of the better like hot parts of this movie, but it's also like you know I've, I've seen a shitload of Godzilla films, and this is I've, this is the first time I've seen this one, and having King Ghidorah's origin story be. Majin Buu from twenty years in the past is kind of like kind of wild to me. So I, twenty I, years, I, I don't think that was actually uh, King Ghidorah hatching. 
Um, I'm pretty sure no. that meteorite was a, a mode of transport because we've learned from uh, Venus Venus Princess that Ghidorah, uh, either 200 or 5,000 years ago, it's unclear, <laughs> um, fucked up civilization on Venus. Yeah. Um, yeah, they described it as like a, an end to their culture. Yep. It was kind of... They 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 seemingly didn't like blow the planet up and no one noticed no, or anything like no, that. No, it's it just everything more... on it is dead. Yeah, except for the person who was taking over her. I guess. Yeah. I don't. They but don't it, really explain it's, that. It's like an Atlantis situation. Apparently, they were thousands of years advanced past humanity. Yeah, which is presumably um, how they've got all this spacefaring tech. Yeah. And, and King Ghidorah is 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 definitely a, a wanderer through space. So, like the the quote unquote egg is. As a transport, as a means of transport, seems accurate to me. Okay. It definitely had a big egg motif, though. It did. There was no like hatchling Rodan inside it this time. No, and it cracked open, which yeah. isn't typically what you'd think a spaceship would do. No. Um. So we, there's like a weird scene here, <laughs> kind of. They they realized that they were doing a Godzilla film and therefore needed to have some kind of atomic weapon stance in this film and therefore oh, yeah. panned to they they kind of cut to Parliament or some kind of equivalent and just have a bunch of very important people sat around some desks. Um and they discuss for a hot moment whether or not they should use atomic weapons on Godzilla and Rodan. Bear in mind at this point They're out of the city. Yeah, so Rodan has flown around but hasn't really done anything. Godzilla did destroy a boat, but that's it at the moment. They're just currently like stood on land somewhere in the middle of nowhere, just yelling um, at each other, doing a, having a dance off. Yeah, so there's no like high stakes. It's not like OG Godzilla where this giant monster is just wrecking things indiscriminately and there's no seeming solution. They haven't even tried to fight Godzilla. And granted, there was a Godzilla movie before this canonically so they have had experience dealing with him so maybe they just already know that shooting shooting at him with a tank or something isn't going to do anything but it it seems like a very out of place scene like it doesn't lead anywhere it's just a case of oh we need to mention atomic weapons in this film i guess because it's a godzilla film yeah uh that's that's the parliament's plan um Mm -hmm. the fairies also have a plan the fairies, yes. the fairies are going to to summon Mothra to mediate a truce between Godzilla and uh, Rodan, so that all three of them together can fight Ghidorah. It's a very unscientific plan. It's more science scientific than just Nukem. <laughs> Although, yeah, yeah, no, that that. So you're you're saying that because it's a a thing that a natural character says, right? Yes, it, which, it is brought up, which is. Just completely ridiculous. In a world where you know that these fairies and Mothra exist, and they're not like some niche belief, they are on variety shows on television showing their yeah. powers and stuff. And these he's been attacked are... by Kaiju before. Calling this unscientific is ludicrous. It's... Yeah. Yeah, these, these fairies are, are well known. It's not a myth. They have seen Mothra before. They know how this works. It's just such a weird critique. The people, people who, people who talk about how they don't believe in supernatural stuff in supernatural in universes where supernatural stuff is demonstrably real is just 
it's really it's it's a weird thing <laughs> yeah it's so there is like a sense of urgency here um yes which, because Ghidorah's approaching yeah so th- this is the the odd thing is that they the only person that really knows what Ghidorah is capable of is is the princess slash venus for now alien. um but Mofra is like well, Mofra and the and the fairies are like we need all three of us to to fight him. We kind of have like no kind of way of gauging just how strong Ghidorah is versus these other monsters at this point. So it's kind of a a weird thing to assume that they're going to need all three. Um, I mean these these have the fairies. Well, I mean um this Venus person. One of the one of the things that the Venus society civilization worked out. Uh, in the thousands of years advanced past humanity technology shenanigans, uh, it is established they can see the future, mm-hmm. and so if the if the fairies and Venus prophecy have been talking to each other, yeah, there's if they if they believe in her prophecies and, and at this point they should do, then yeah. it it would make sense in a we need to play it safe like. Whatever we do, we need these monsters to team up and get rid of Ghidorah before it wrecks the planet. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I I guess it, from my point of view, I just wanted like give us two minutes of King Ghidorah actually doing something. So we do get that. We we do, but it's after this scene, and this there's like the the other thing. The other thing is like King Ghidorah up until he shows up to fight Godzilla at the end of the film is like. We see some shots of it flying around and and gravity beaming the shit out of some buildings, but that's about it. Mm. Like, and and granted, he can't do much more than that until he arrives at the monsters, but he doesn't really put up much of a, a force <laughs> when that happens either. But we'll get to that. Uh... <laughs> so there's 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 two things that happen simultaneously that you you need to understand. Um... So they're trying to get more information out of Venus Princess. Uh, and I think they're also trying to bring the princess back, right? Yeah. And they're gonna they, try they're gonna try shock therapy. At, at, well, I guess at this point they, they don't know that um she is actually possessed by someone from Venus. They just believe that she's taking a blow to the head or something. Yep. Because yeah, they're they're convinced that they they kind of take her to this um, hospital laboratory, something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know, torture, <laughs> torture building with with our with our wet bandits who are trying to kill her close in tow. Yeah, so they kind of they do the the usual checks because the the doctor says like there's nothing wrong with her. Um, you know, she hasn't taken any like physical knocks and and she you know the only thing that's strange is that she's saying the earth's gonna blow up and she's from venus and all that other stuff doctor literally says she's perfectly normal yeah uh and so they belt her down to a table and shock her with so they don't actually shock her they're planning to shock her and the wet bandits are like oh we'll turn this thing up to like five thousand volts and that way no one will be any the wiser and everyone will think it was an accident yeah. And she'll be dead. Like, they've literally left her strapped to this table. 
Mm-hmm. They've disappeared to do some nonsense. To pull, to pull the switch, presumably. No, because we we see a, a guy set the switch to a reasonable voltage. Oh yeah, and, and then, then they, he leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the wet bandits climb in through a window and just ramp it up to eleven yep. because why not? And as they're about to turn it on, uh, <laughs> we 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 are we we cut to Rodan picking Godzilla up. Oh right, yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And there's this really great airlifting scene where Rodan flies Godzilla up and up and up and then drops Godzilla onto an electricity pylon. Yep. And the pylon gets Godzilla right in the crotch. Oh, it looks painful. Uh, but fortunately, uh, that cuts the power to wherever Princess is and the electrocution doesn't work. Yep. So thanks to Godzilla and Rodan for saving a life. Yep. Good work, team. Uh, it's a shame about the boat that Godzilla sank earlier, but whatever. Yeah, we that's not important. Mm-hmm. It was full of bad guys, probably. Um, and also <laughs> uh, another another hot Ghidorah update. Ghidorah's been trashing places. Yeah, uh, and um, Tokyo Tower shows up uh, an hour and fifty seconds into the film. Yep, and is destroyed less than a minute later. <laughs> so, uh, if you if you didn't listen to episode one, uh, we have been tracking whether or not the Tokyo Tower existed when the film came out, and if it did, how long until it showed up, and then how long until it got destroyed if it did. This record's going to um, take some beating. Yes. So, f- both Gamera and this film had Tokyo Tower in it. Uh, the second film, Rodan, the Tokyo Tower wasn't built at the time, so that's not eligible. But in both films that the Tokyo Tower was built in, it has both appeared and been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, let me hear. I've got some numbers. Hang on. Have you got? Um, have you got which kaiju is responsible for destroying it in your in uh, your thing? No, but I know who they are, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from Gamera, Gamera destroyed the Tokyo Tower. 10 minutes and 57 seconds after it appeared. Uh, King Ghidorah destroyed the Tokyo Tower 25 seconds after it showed up. <laughs> it's literally like three shots later. It's really good. Yeah, and like if you want to be pedantic about it, you could say 30 seconds, because it's it takes critical damage at 25 seconds in, and then it's like five seconds of it actually <laughs> toppling over. But yep. it, yeah, so King Ghidorah's got that record locked down, at least for the moment. Um... Uh, da, 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 da. anyway, they continue to play all the hits. We get the Mothra song again. Yep, in this like and, and the first time, and it's the same shots. It's the same cave. It's the same people dancing. It's the same lighting. It's the same everything. Uh, um, there was like one exception of the um the Shobijin are like the weird ghostly after effect shoving them on top of the shot was slightly different. Mm-hmm. But mm, that's, that's true. It. Um, we also get. Another playing all the hits, uh, because we get a really, really good gunfight as the wet bandits flee the scene of the electrocution. Yeah, so there's just like detective shows back up, realizes there's people here, there's Oh god, it's just like an awful gunfight. There's just stormtrooper-esque shots going off, people missing. There's a moment where the detective hides behind a door and clobbers a wet bandit over the head of a spanner. And there's like zero reaction to it, other than he stumbles away. He doesn't react. He doesn't flinch. No, no he there's just no noise either. I don't think. 
No, it's just silent. He just gets hit by it and then kind of like slowly walks away. The wrench is really, really small. I know that hitting someone in the head with a wrench probably wouldn't hurt, but it's a really pathetic looking wrench. Yeah, and you'd react to it. You'd think. Yeah. I'm assuming that there was like sponge in the hat he was wearing. I don't I don't think he knew what was happening. I think he <laughs> realized what he'd been hit with afterwards. I mean I mean in like the actor in the in the filming, in the making of. Oh, that's the same. Like I, I don't oh. I'm not sure he knew what was happening. <laughs> okay. I think this was method method of getting hit by a wrench. Yeah, maybe he was actually hit by a wrench, but cool. Yeah, it's there's just a lot going on. And then there's like a lot of chasing, like detective chases um, the main uh, mobster out, mm-hmm. shoots at him from distance, and then uh, journalist shows up with the fairies in tow, yep. um, just to kind of reunite everyone again. Uh, uh, since since you've been enjoying these human scale awful fights so much, mm-hmm. <laughs> Godzilla and Rodan are. Playing tennis with rocks, like just like Godzilla's like kicking rocks at Rodan, yeah. Uh, and they're just so this is they're they're no longer in a city. They're like out in the wilderness, and they're just like on this weird plateau, and not really fighting. They're just no, like they're they're not having a they're like bickering. Yeah. Yes. Godzilla is not throwing any punches. He's just or or breath for that matter at this point. N- no, he's just kicking rocks at Rodan. And Rodan is being angry and kicking rocks back. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Mothra shows up during this, and they literally play tennis with a rock. And they, I I can't tell if this is actually what they're going for, but they do this thing where they like play tennis with this rock, where Godzilla's punching it back and Rodan's headbutting it. And yep. they cut to Mothra like looking left and then looking right and then looking left as this rock goes between the. It's I I can't tell. I genuinely am not sure if it's supposed to be funny. It, yeah, I it it is funny, but I don't know that that's what they were intending. <laughs> it's it's such a weird scene. It's, it really is the, the entire all of the kaiju fights in this film are just slightly off. Mm-hmm. Um, like I I know that there has been at least one Godzilla film which was basically an anti-bullying message, but a Godzilla film is that the Manila one. Uh, I think Miller is in it. It's the Jet Jaguar one with Megalon. Right. And it felt like... Because, like, bear in mind, we've got this, like, weird story, and granted, there's all sorts of weird shit going on with mobsters and aliens and, and whatever, but it's largely serious, even though it's being a bit slapstick at times. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's... Um, it, yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, big plot to murder. Uh, you know, it's, it's a big assassination attempt on a princess and then you've got like godzilla doing like exaggerated mascot movements like he's a fucking teletubby and kicking rocks and 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 like a lot of this scene there's there's an analogy that you made that i think is really appropriate which is godzilla is played like a store mascot yeah um in the same way that if you go to disneyland and you see mickey mouse doing like you know, putting putting their hands to their mouth in, in, in laughter. It was that. It was like acting, but in a suit where you can't talk. Granted, I, I, there's Godzilla noises happening. And, but And I get why, because they can't emote with their face, but... It's very different to the 
like slow trudging Godzilla that you're used to from a lot of these films. Yes, and I I I think we're going to get into it more in a moment, but I think one of the the reasons that this film seems so silly mm. is because the kaiju aren't supposed to be relatable. They're supposed to be like big complete like un- unworldly incomprehensible threats. They're supposed to be like in yeah that's they're not supposed to be human human they're not supposed to have humanity no um and yet they are characterized as weirdly as children in this film yeah um, it's there there is like a very clear immaturity with them which gets even better after the fairies start translating what rodan and godzilla are saying to each other y- yeah um so there's like uh, there's like a good bit here where kind of Mofra has given up like trying to mediate and decides to uh use its silly string on I think it's Rodan first. I think it's Godzilla um, first. Cuz Rodan laughs at him. So this is the thing they both laugh at each other like uh, yeah once they're both covered in silly string yes absolutely yeah so, so Mofra like strings one of them and the other one laughs about it and then gets stringed themselves and the other one laughs at them so like again in amongst this gigantic assassination plot we've got like silly string wars happening this assassination plot and also cities being destroyed and presumably thousands of casualties Oh yeah, we are occasionally panning to King Ghidorah just gravity beaming cities, but you know, Godzilla's having a good time, I guess, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh so that 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 breaks the tension apparently being covered in silly string and so they agree to help fight Ghidorah, I guess. They don't just yet. Oh, um, don't they? No, they Mofra is trying her best to convince them to, but it's not until Ghidorah shows up and then bats Mofra around like like it was nothing that Godzilla decides, okay, actually I'll help. Oh him. right, yes. Yeah, no, there is that one scene where where you you weren't sure if Mothra was supposed to be dodging or if it was <laughs> Yeah, so Mothra was doing what looked like it was curling itself up and pinging itself away from Ghidorah, but I'm pretty sure it was just Ghidorah just blasting it and it yep. being propelled. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, Ghidorah's shown up. They're down in this. Uh, Mothra's down in this valley now. Yeah. A little, a little hill to go down to get to where mm-hmm. Ghidorah is. And yeah, so like Mothra's having the stuffing beaten out of it. Godzilla decides that I don't know, fuck this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fight that dragon. Um. Rodan eventually gets roped into it. Yep. Um, yeah, so there's like a an interesting moment here where the three of them do get to team up for a bit. Like, Mofra is biting onto, um, onto King Ghidorah's <laughs> tail. Um, but th- that, that's, that's a little bit later, for the record. Um, so Ghidorah then climbs up the hill to, to, to fight presumably to get to Rodan. Um and there's an adorable scene where uh or is that later? That's, the scene I think you're thinking about is later. Oh okay, never mind then. We'll we'll get to it. Um, yeah, so there there is like a scene with the three of them kind of like 
It's, it's more like a wrestling scene. Like Godzilla is like <laughs> grabbing onto two of Ghidorah's heads. Yeah. And Rodan is like, I think it's like behind Ghidorah, pecking at its like that, pecking behind it. That sounds right. Uh, and, and, and Ghidorah's Mothra's pulling the tail. And Ghidorah's doing some fun lightning stuff. And yeah. We get another really good slapstick shot of. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 comment on on the the three of them fighting Ghidorah is that it, it just reminds me of that scene with Thanos at the end of Infinity War where you've got like eight superheroes trying to prize a gauntlet yes, off of him. Yes. Um, yeah, it is all yeah, like it, that. It it kind of goes wrong and Godzilla gets thrown off and then King Ghidorah blasts it with a gravity beam to the ass. To which Godzilla just kind of grabs his butt and rubs it a bit. And yeah, just it, it looks it, shocked. Again, if if a cannot cannot pass if it's supposed to be funny or not. It it yeah it's so the thing is Godzilla is hit by these uh, gravity beams a lot. Yep, and never seems to be hurt by them. He just kind of he can feel them because he he like rubs the spot where he gets blasted, yeah. but it doesn't really seem to be hurt by it. It's, it's like a like minor a electric shot. Yeah, he, yeah, that's that's probably a good description because he's obviously like annoyed that Ghidorah shot him in the butt, but not not really super beat up about it. Yep. Um. So yeah, there's like a bit of a tussle here uh, with um, Godzilla and King Ghidorah, but there's also like a hot like another another storyline playing out at the same time because yep. there's in some weird uh, canyon, presumably nearby. Yeah, so there was a there was a moment earlier on where King Ghidorah basically fucks up a, a mountain and like crushes a car full of the hitmen, and but one of them all... climbs out. Yeah, so Mal- Malness, the 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 leader one, uh, manages to get out. He he seems pretty beaten up, but mm-hmm. he's he's moving. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is pretty bloodied up. Um, I don't. They don't quite describe if they're actually dead or not. They were moving slightly, but it yeah. was a bit grim. Yeah. Um, but car yeah, covered, get in, like car a, covered in rocks. Like, yeah, it's it's proper, just squashed. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get this scene where the detective and the princess slash Venus alien is uh, running into this canyon. Um, f- I don't think they know that Malness is there yet, um, but there's just like a scene where the princess is like, she's like stood on like a cliff edge praying to i'm pretty sure she's just praying that Ghidorah fucks off basically there's yeah. there's i don't know who she's praying to but she's you know trying to do what she can to to solve the the current situation and then the the hitman malness shows up and decides it's a great idea or great time to just shoot her from across the the canyon they're in with a sniper rifle well not a great time because he's not very good at it no, he sucks. Um, he misses the first shot, and after then kind of re-aiming, I think he gets her in the hand, maybe? Yeah, it's super unclear how yeah. exactly this, this goes down. Um, but she does eventually end up with blood on her somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and ends up with an injury that has some interesting effects. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that was it. So... Even though it looked like she was shot in the hand, she was shot in the head. Apparently, they, yeah, they they do make reference to this later on. It's not there is there is nothing in this film to suggest she was shot in the head. 
but she was shot in the head anyway. She falls down the cliff and like lands with her, like kind of like half off, half on the cliff, half off. Like her back is like bent over backwards, yeah, as if she was about to fall back down. Yep. So like her spine is just yeah, gone. and There's... she's also fallen like a not insignificant distance at this point. Mm, no, she's she's super dead. Except she's not. She's fine. She's one hundred percent not. She's finer than she was before she fell. It turns out. Yeah, because she's not. She she's not been she's not possessed by Venus alien anymore. She is back to being princess. All it took was being shot in the head <laughs> <laughs> and falling down a cliff and nearly yep. dying. Um, meanwhile, the sniper gets hit by a pile of rocks that isn't. I'm assuming that that was from the kaiju fight. Like they kicked some rocks over the edge of a cliff, but that's never actually established. Yeah, we we kind of we saw these rocks come down and crush him. And we were waiting for the oh here's you know Mothra pe- peeking over the top or nope here's Rodan flying by because Rodan's being helpful it's, no not addressed nope. at all nope just rocks happened um we do get some cool team ups though with the with the fight with Ghidorah at this point there are there are two hot team ups that are both fantastic mm-hmm. uh, one of them is the thing I was remembering earlier which is uh, Godzilla evolves. Uh, because a shelter, sorry, uh, Mothra grabs onto Godzilla's tail. Yep. Um, which is a very slow poke to slow bro type situation. Uh, but the reason that this is done is so that Godzilla can pull Mothra up up the hill out of the valley. Yeah, Mothra. I can't tell if Mothra just can't climb hills, or if it's just because Mothra was beaten up by Ghidorah and both. That- yeah, it's a, it's a bit of both, but yeah, like it's a pretty cute scene. It's adorable. The, uh, uh, the big fights, as is the other team up that happens. Um, where I, I, I should I should mention before this team up happens that the reason why Godzilla has some time to get Mothra up the hill is because Rodan and Ghidorah are having a airspeed chase. Oh yeah, they're like supersonic flight. Like it's it's an interesting shot because we already know from Rodan that Rodan can travel at supersonic speeds and sounds like a jet when it's moving but Ghidorah is like just as fast um, yep. and they end up for some reason like running at each other and colliding in midair and they both fall to the earth and, like big sacks of shit but yeah there's just a, a nice midair dog fight for reasons mm. um but yeah when they when they get back down and Godzilla takes a, another swing at Ghidorah, we, we get your second combination, which is just having Mofra climb onto Rodan and like shoot string at Ghidorah from on top of Rodan in air. I, I know that this is the second um, uh, kaiju combination that I've uh, thought was a bit Pokemon-ish, mm. but I, it, I, is... it is kind of Blastoise-y. Yeah, it's we we gave Blastoise wings. It's Charizard and Blastoise. Yeah, uh, except it's silly string rather than water. I guess it's Charizard and Caterpie, if anything. But... Yeah, yes, actually, that would work. Yep. But, yeah, it's 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 pretty amusing, and honestly, like even though these fights have been pretty weak, like there's there's not really any like punches being thrown. It's a lot of like. Godzilla grabbing yes, rocks or it's, grabbing it's, onto Ghidorah. It's it's ranged attacks and grapples. Yeah, there's just not a lot 
happening otherwise. Like there is a scene where Ghidorah throws Godzilla, or not even throws, just pushes Godzilla into a bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and Godzilla gets to roll around on the floor a bit because the suit is built more for that, whereas there's no way in hell that Ghidorah is getting no. on the floor considering how big it is. And also the heads would be really difficult to manage if it did. Yeah, no, those uh, strings operating the heads would get tangled up pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Which, on- honestly, I'm really impressed at how... I cannot imagine how many takes they lost because like the strings got snagged or... Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, there's there's a string on each of the heads, there's a string on the wings, and I think there's strings on the two tails as well. Yeah. There's they may not all lot. be operated at the same time. No. But... It's yeah, a lot it's, going on. Yeah. It's a, looks like a difficult piece of puppetry. Anyway, uh, so Mothra's on Rodan's back, and mm-hmm. now is a, like an airborne silly string gun. Yep. Um, and Godzilla takes the opportunity to... How did you describe the move that Godzilla does? Oh, uh, just it's just it's just tossing Ghidorah off of a cliff. Yeah, so Ghidorah is like covered in silly string, kind of looks like it's been webbed up by a spider, mm-hmm. and then Godzilla just grabs him and throws him off the cliff, and then throws some <laughs> rocks after him. Yep, <laughs> it's like well, what can Godzilla do? Well, Godzilla's got a long ranged attack, you know, the atomic breath. Let's not use that. We'll just throw more rocks. Yep. Okay. Good. Um. And uh, and like Ghidorah apparently is no longer king of the schoolyard and just fucks <laughs> off. It it literally like got upset that he got bullied by free monsters and just fucks off into space. Yep, that's it. That's that's the end of the conflict. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I I feel like the the one thing that's worth clarifying is that the kind of segment from Ghidorah showing up with the in in the same place as the other monsters and the fight with the monsters is about 10 minutes long. Yeah. We have a longer period of time where Godzilla and Rodan are like getting angry at each other and throwing rocks and playing tennis and having Mothra chill out with them. Mm-hmm. Like this this world-ending monster is zero threat when it shows up. Like <laughs> It throws Godzilla through a bridge, and that's about the worst it does, and it doesn't really do much there. Which, now that I think about it, does make the Japanese title of this film make more sense. So, the Japanese title of this film is Sandai Kaiju uh, Shiki Sarai no Kesen, or The Three uh, Three Giant Monsters, Earth's Greatest greatest Battle. Mm Um... I'm not sure which three monsters they're referring to. No. Well, so the easy the easy answer would be that they're not referring to Mothra because Mothra isn't giant in comparison to the rest of them. The Mothra problem with that is pretty big. Oh, Mothra is big. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not arguing that, but in comparison to the other three, not as big. True. Also has but, way more screen time than Ghidorah. <laughs> yes. Uh the problem with this is that the film poster has three monsters on it, but it's Rodan that is missing. And That's I don't, weird. I don't, I don't get it. Mothra's in grub form in the poster, right? Yes. Okay. Um, it would be weird to have butterfly form Mothra in when that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but so yes. like, why wrote? Yeah, it makes sense to me that if you're going to sell this film as three giant monsters and 
people already know who Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan are at the time this film comes out. Yes, this is Ghidorah's debut. Yes, so people don't know who Ghidorah is. They probably haven't seen Ghidorah before they watched this film, unless they've seen a poster or a trailer or something. Or a mask. Or a mask. Um, So in that respect, I could understand it. But at the same time, then why is it on the film poster? Yeah. If it was a, here's a big showdown between Rodan, Godzilla, and Mothra, and then surprise, it's King Ghidorah, and spoilers, this happens in another film. It's not like this is a wild idea. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's it's very strange. I don't I don't get it. But hey, um, there's another film that came out recently that has this exact same cast. Who's on that poster? Uh it's just. I want to say it's just Godzilla and Ghidorah on the main one. Hmm. But there are there are individual posters where it just has one of the monsters. Yes, that's poster. that's that's true. But I think the main one is just Godzilla and Ghidorah. Uh, for I listeners, for, for listeners who aren't aware the recent american king of the monsters film yes is this exact lineup of kaiju yeah the only difference is that mothra eventually turns into a moth yep uh that's not really spoilers mothra is a moth yeah <laughs> in many of the posters as well <laughs> yeah yeah but so, yeah like wh- why like rodan is the first kaiju to show up in this film i think yeah no absolutely is so why uh mothra technically I guess yes, though that that's that's fair. That's fair, but only in like footage from the bad TV show. Yep. <laughs> I I uh, yeah. I it's there is like a scene after this big fight with the princess at a press conference talking about her how she doesn't remember being a Venus alien. And they kind of shoehorn a romance in, kind <laughs> yeah, of with like her completely unearned, completely unestablished, because she's just been a piece of like she's just been a, a rock this entire film. No emotion, yeah. nothing, because she's been possessed. Mm-hmm. But she just like casually mentions that. Oh yeah, I've remembered some of the stuff that happened, and and she she says like specifically that what she remembers is the free instances of the detective saving her life. Um. Sure. Like, yes, he did that. No, it wasn't important. Let's be fair. He did get shot at the end of that film, I think. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, that's another good point. He got shot in the hand. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Um, but at the same time, he's shown pretty soon after climbing a rope out of the canyon. So he obviously wasn't shot very badly. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a weird throwaway scene at the end, just to say, ah, well, they got together, I guess, and yeah, like com- completely unearned. Like yeah. they, we we do not see those characters interact with each other at all until this moment in the film. Yeah, there's there's like two lines in the canyon where he basically just says, "Get back," and that's it. But is is that even is that even her though? Because she's yeah, still possessed that, at that point. I no, think. that's her as the princess oh, okay. once she's at the bottom of the canyon after she's, fell, after she's fallen down. Right. Um, but not enough to develop a romance over. No, there is zero chemistry. Like, it, there can't be. They don't know each other. It's, it's weird. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's... But then Mothra the... heads back to the island. <laughs> yep. Mothra heads back to the island. Gets, Who gets knows? What, swim. what happens to Rodan and Godzilla? They don't explain. It's, it's not addressed. <laughs> they just hang out on that mountain for the rest of their lives, playing tennis with each other. Yeah, they just resume <laughs> their fight, I guess. Um, 
we we do see the princess leave in the plane and there's like a, a group of of japanese folks who wave her off except no one knows how to wave yeah they just like hold their arms up in the air and turn them in circles it's weird yeah it's more like they're signaling a plane or something yep I, which i guess they kind of are but not in the way you think they should be mm. It's it's like someone kind of told them what a, a royal wave was and they completely got the wrong end of the stick. The wrong end of the um, arm. Uh, yeah. And that's the film. What does the end appear over? Oh, right, yeah. The end appears over Mothra swimming away. Yeah. It ends the same way as King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> it's... Uh... It's a film. I So I would actually recommend this one. I found this one very, very entertaining. Yeah, it's. There's a lot of problems with it, but it is entertaining, yep. and that's what's important. Like with with one really weird exception early on, the cinematography's really good. Uh, there's one scene early on where they just focus on the completely the wrong person in the scene. Oh god, yeah, like yeah, we made a joke about him being like a ventriloquist dummy or something because they were just focusing on someone who was just in the background. Yep. Uh, I I yeah, it's. <laughs> Besides that, like good use of Fairman, like yep. The, the I, I should mention that yeah. while the I, I mentioned earlier that the the Godzilla is like a very clumsy doofus and not like the slow trudging Godzilla, and that's not a that's not a criticism because I know that a lot of the Godzilla films in this era were very much like that. It's where you get to see like films where Godzilla does his famous like stupid dance, like that's just what Godzilla was at the time, and yeah. that's not a criticism, but. It's the the problem here is not that Godzilla is a bit comical. It's that it's just such at odds with the story they're trying to tell. Yes. Um, and again, that doesn't make it a bad film, but it's very difficult to take seriously. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I, I, I like you said, I would recommend you watch it because it's not a bad film, but it is a strange film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll not go that far. Mm-hmm. Um. How we're not like tracking this so much, but in your opinion, out of the three films we've watched so far, where does where does this hold up? <laughs> would you say that this is your favorite film? I would say that this is my favorite of the three that we've seen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think. Uh, not even I think. Definitely. Like Rodan had its moments, and Gamera was just generally bad. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm I am curious to see more. Of this era of Godzilla. Oh yes, yes, please. Definitely, where I'm least familiar with Godzilla in, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got Jet Jaguar to look forward to. We've got silly dances. We've got that stupid flying kick, which is also in the Jet Jaguar film. <laughs> oh great! Um, yeah, we got we got some good stuff to look forward to. So many cool. kaiju films to go. Yep. Um. So I guess we'll move into uh... It's Colons's Cuddle Corner. Good. Nailed it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh we've got a we've got a lot of friends to get through this episode. Um uh, yeah. Uh but before we do that, uh I've got some follow up from Rodan. Mm-hmm. Uh I mentioned uh last month that um i'm not a fan of like i mentioned that rodan's wings would be really difficult to do 
because yeah. because wings on cuddly toys tend to be kind of bad. And I used as an example, uh, like Charizards that you would get at a Pokemon Center, like the regular mm-hmm. scale Charizards, uh, because the wings are just like thin bits of like felt with wire in them, and it's a bit shit. Yeah, they're not great. Um, but I discovered a Twitter account <laughs> uh, featuring what I assume is the official merch. Um, and there'll be a link in the show notes, but the account is legend underscore underscore bird. Uh, and it's an Articuno, but it's like a chibi Articuno. And it's got like, it doesn't, it, the wings are like kind of thick, uh, but but still kind of poseable. And they actually seem like they'd be like soft and nice and good. I think it it help it's helped a bit by the the scale of the of the plush in general. Oh yeah, because, it's, it's pretty small. Yeah, if if you had a, a larger toy, the wings would also be bigger and they would just be floppy. And yeah, they would they would sag. Well. They wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's I feel like its size is kind of doing it some favors. But yeah, it's it's, so it's the- a better way of dealing with this. Yes. So the the reason I bring this up is because in theory you could make like a small chibi ish Rodan. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from uh, from the previous Rodan film that we watched, we'll get to this Rodan in a bit. Does that mean that you you would uh, update your score for Rodan? Uh, are you looking at the scores right now? I am now. Well, uh, what 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 did I give? What 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 have I given them so far? Just so I can calibrate myself for the ones I'm about to do. So you gave Gamera a four. Okay. You gave Meganulon a three. Yep, and you gave Rodan a one. Okay, I believe okay. it was out of five, but it's your rating. Yeah, no, I, I believe that this is a a five star system. Um, I'll I'll leave it there for now. Uh, mm. We'll 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 see we'll see where we end up. Um, I've, I've got the the first the first quote unquote kaiju on this list is the Ghidorah egg, which <laughs> uh, which I'm not actually going to rank. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just I don't even we don't even see all of it. We only see like the top orb of it and it looks gross and slimy and not really like a like a thing that anybody would make a cuddly toy of. I personally would think that it wouldn't be very huggable because it's got all sorts of like stupid pickaxes sticking out of it. Mm. Mm, well, at, at points it does. That's a, actually back to the film, back out of this segment for a second. Sure. Um we see stuff be magnetized towards that egg a bunch. Yeah. Um, in every shot where stuff gets magnetized towards it, there's nothing on it, or, or like at the start. Not that I remember. No. So presumably the stuff is actually getting absorbed, but we never see that happen. I. Hmm. I I would sooner put that down to bad continuity sequence of events. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, maybe. back in back into. Back into Colin's Cuddle Corner. Cuddle Corner. This is the segment of the show where we uh, imagine what cuddly toy versions of the kaiju would be like and if they would be any good. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I need to sneeze. No, I don't. It's not going to happen. Can't sneeze on demand. Can't sneeze on demand. Uh, anyway, Rodan. Rodan version 2. Um, the, there's, there's, there's a couple of differences here there is still a flying version and i think that might be the same as the one from the last film they are apparently new models but it's the flying ones even 
it, it's what it said. But, okay, fair enough. But, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, the the suit is definitely different, very different. Yeah. Yep. Um, the head is necky. It's comic, and yep. and I could see it being made kind of cute. The beak is maybe a bit pointy, a bit sharp. There's there's a moment when Rodan hatches that the bottom bottom beak bottom half of the beak yes just straight up 90 degree angle downwards and yep. it's bad it looks it looks a lot like a hand puppet but it means it's out of the way if you're hugging yes yes uh but i mean it could be like up out of the way as well um it sure heck, could have been it could be a hand puppet does that count as a plush i think so i think that counts uh, and I think, and I think, like certainly the head part of Rodan, like you could do an emu style thing where, like, your entire arm is the head, hmm. and you flap your hand about. Um, See, I, I'm I'm jumping ahead a bit, but I would argue that Ghidorah would be a better hand puppet because you can have three fingers in the middle of your hand for heads. And... I was going to ask how many arms you had, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I you're, mean, hand you're... hand puppets tend to be like like you your your thumb is the lower jaw and your but I guess you could just do like a finger puppet. I I always thought Ghidorah looked like a giant hand with wings, so that's not helping. But... No, that's that's fair. That'd be pretty small, but I I see where you're coming from. Mm. Um, the other interesting diff, like the other, like we we've talked about wings already. Uh, but the other weird model difference about Rodan is this weird, like its tummy area, like its entire chest. Is this weird, like I don't want to say spiky. Well, how would you describe that that texture? It's I got like a bunch of nodules. Yeah, it, it's like I would have said spiky, but it is more like a kind of dinosaur spine, but very yeah. small spines. Yes. Um, and it reminds me of like wooden massagers I've seen. It's a reverse hedgehog. Yeah, kinda. Um, and I could see it wouldn't be great for hugs, but I could see that being uh, you'd, you'd be okay stepping on it. <laughs> sure, Rodan, uh, good for dominating. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's got this like weird, this weird tummy that I don't, I don't think it would make a good cuddly toy. That bit, of no, it. no, um, it, it seems, it seems like trickier to hug than Rodan from Rodan. Yes. Yes. Uh, and for that reason, I think I'm going to give Rodan the same rating as last Ooh. time. So a one for Rodan. Um, moving on to Grub Form Mothra. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has a lot of appearances in this film. Um, I, I guess compares reasonably well to Meganalon. Because yeah. it's, 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 it's about the same shape. It's like a a, a a a big old tube, um, and if you made a really big one, it could be. It's 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 the face isn't that adorable, I don't think, and I don't know how you would necessarily make it adorable because it's got these like weird sunken eyes, um, sunken eyes and like protruding mandibles too. Yes, this this big old mandible that it like opens up and spits string out of. Um, mm. But in terms of just like pure huggability. This seems like a this seems like a no brainer. It doesn't have any limbs, so it can't hug you back. 
It, um, it can curl somewhat, so it could like, it could spoon you. <laughs> if it was very, very big, yes. I mean, it is very, very big. It's well, definitely bigger than a Meganulon. I, I, I mean, yeah, but we're not talking about how big it actually is. Right, sure, the plush. Yeah. Um, a good huggable bug burrito. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it, 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 you could make like a hugging pillow sized one. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's heck, about... actually, that would be really that would be really expensive, but it would be heckin' good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just a hugging pillow, but ribbed <laughs> for your pleasure. Um, and so, with that in mind, gosh, <laughs> I think please, I th- please rate the ribbed Mothra. <laughs> I think Mothra is going to have to be a four. Okay. It, it, it's it's a bit basic, but like it would, it would work. Um, it doesn't need to be fancy if it hugs well. No, absolutely not. Uh, speaking of hugging well, hmm. we've got Godzilla for the first time in this segment, um, <laughs> and definitely this... not the last. So, hmm, we didn't cover this with Rodan because there were other practical concerns. But one of the things that I I think is important in this is characterization because i mean i'm looking at this poplio plush here um and poplio isn't great for hugging the, at least this one isn't just due to the shape and the stuff but um it's such a happy baby and i love it <laughs> and because of how godzilla behaves in this film i kind of can't not love it 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 does have a bit of a Barney vibe. Yeah. Uh Godzilla is a precious child in this film. Yeah. And and I could I could imagine having a lot of fun like just like holding it by the back of the arms and flapping it about at people. Uh <laughs> maybe pretending to play tennis with rocks and I mean like if Godzilla is basically just an actual baby in this like it's yep. it's human shape it would it's obviously very big but like in a plush toy it would just be basically a, a a baby doll yep and it has like scales instead of skin there's but not could, much difference you could, you could make it fluffy um but like it spends so much of this film with its arms up in a hugging gesture yeah and it's got it's, it doesn't have I guess the spines might be a bit weird and difficult to do, uh, but they're on the back, so that doesn't matter that much. I mean, it, it's basically like we we we've like created a lot of humanoid like dolls for yeah. time because they are particularly good at being hugged. It's kind of the thing that humans do. Yep. Um, so Godzilla is just that and yeah. has a tail. So it's like a hot bonus, honestly. Yeah, like I, I've I found a frame in this film of of Godzilla, and I'm it's adorable, and it is it is hugging already. I just need to be in be inside that hug. Is is the only thing that needs to change about this image? <laughs> the only concern I have, and I don't know if it's enough to 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 drop a star, is the spines. Mm. But I think I think that th- this is going to be our first five star. 
Okay. High praise for the King of the Monsters. It's just such a precious baby. I want to hug it. Fair enough. Um, what about the other precious baby? The other precious baby, Ghidorah, who is not a precious baby, who we don't even see that much in this film, so there's not that much characterization there. No. Um, is kind of ju- like it's kind of just a more complicated Godzilla with wings. Like the necks don't seem like they would be great for like how do you how do you relate to it? It's got three heads. You can't like. The problem is, is that if you go to hug Ghidorah, you need to make a conscious decision of do you put your head between first and second head or between second and third head? Yes. And then or- you're playing favorites because either the first or the third head is going to hate you for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's and also just like if you made a cuddly one, the heads would flop about a lot because they're <laughs> or they would have steel wire in them and it would be bad. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the wings are very, very big and mm-hmm. likely to have the same problem. Also, I'm genuinely look worried about um, how rugged you could make the wings because the point where they meet the body is actually really skinny. Yeah, uh, it's so not you know, very practical for a dragon. No. Um, so you'd have to make it. Also, doesn't have arms. No, does have wings, granted, but doesn't have arms. It has uh, extra heads for that. Yep. Um, big stompy legs, two pretty skinny tails. Uh, about, about, about the only good thing I can say about um about Ghidorah is that. It's got like a center of mass that I guess could be hugged, but like so much of the rest of it just gets in the way. Mm. And then there's the texture. It's this, it's this like weird, it looks like it's gold spray painted scales. Yeah, it's got a, a very, it's, it's a weird gold color in that you're right, it, it seems more prop like than maybe it should. It's not quite yeah. like super reflective or anything like that, but, no. um, Oh, it very much looks like it's made of paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, paper not typically good at being good for hugging. No. Um, other concerns I have are each of the heads had has uh, three horns, which mm-hmm. would either like hurt or not hold their shape. Yeah. Uh, all in all, I'm thinking like. I, I, yeah, no, I think, I think, I think Ghidorah might have to be at the, hmm, I, I might have to revise Ronan here because, uh, I feel like Ghidorah deserves two stars for, by virtue of having a, a center of mass that you could, no, no, Ghidorah's one star. That's it. We're done. Wow. That's, that's brutal. Are you keeping Rodan the same then? Are they both yeah. ones? No, oh, I am. I am. Okay. This is a very divisive film. <laughs> I guess we'll see if uh, future Ghidorahs can uh, change that number. There's, inherently, the the design doesn't lend itself to that. But what about Mega King Ghidorah? This is true. I guess we'll find out. And maybe maybe I'll run into another like Pokemon plush that makes me rethink how bad this one would be. Sure. Shout out um, again to legend underscore underscore bird. Recommended follow. Um, so all in all, 
Godzilla and Mothra are good, Rodan and Ghidorah suck. And Godzilla is good enough that, like, this, this, this face, this model, I want one. Okay. Well, we'll expect photos of your new Godzilla by the next uh, podcast. <laughs> Assuming they made them in the 60s when merchandising this film. I'm sure you can get someone dressed as Godzilla, if not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to do your segment? Sure. Uh, so we'll move into the ranking of kaiju bit. So first up is Mofra. Uh, and honestly, I feel like given that Mofra was only in its grub form for the duration of the film, it does a pretty decent job of, uh, kind of putting in some work. Obviously it kind of gets tossed around by Ghidorah for a lot of the film, but it's not like insignificant and like, you can argue that the the string shot is what like ultimately led to Godzilla lobbing it off of a cliff and yeah. eventually pissing off the planet. But at the same time, um, Mothra is clearly the weaker of all of the monsters here, and kind of is kind of relegated to a supporting role because when we see it go up against Ghidorah, there's literally nothing it can do. Yeah. Um, well, when it goes up alone, yes. Yeah. So looking at the list. Uh, Hang on, currently. no, but, but before you go to the list, there is one power, one facet of Mothra that I feel is, it might not be relevant to to the way you're thinking of this list, but I think it's worth acknowledging, is that mm. uh, the fairies exist, and they can be a way for kaiju to communicate directly with humans. Sure. That, that's, Which... yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're not... They're not the kaiju, so I wouldn't necessarily. It, it's strange because you, you're right, and I, I could I could see this in both in in both senses because obviously Mofra can't innately talk to the humans, but the Shobajin are basically part and parcel with Mofra. So yeah, it's 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 a good point. I don't think it changes where it ranks up in Fair this enough. instance. But um, other other notes I've got here are. Uh, can string shot for days, not good at going up hills, and not good at not getting blown up. <laughs> can string shot for days is a really good point. Like, there are minutes at a time that Mothra is doing string shots that uninterrupted. Yeah, and it's not bursts either. It's just holding down the spray button and just going. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at, looking at the list so far, and, and the current list of, we've got three monsters in it so far, it's currently Gamera is number one, uh, Rodan from Rodan is number two, and Meganulon from Rodan is number three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Mofra slots in between Rodan and Meganulon. So I think Mofra is not as good as Rodan from Rodan in a, in a fight, ranking them, but I think it is better than Meganulon. Um, I can agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we... it wouldn't, like, it, it, that is, in fact, undeniable because, uh, Rodan could not eat Mothra in a single bite. No. Um, Meganulon does have a uh, higher uh, kills-to-death ratio there. Yeah, I think that's mostly just because like, there weren't that many kaiju versus people interactions in uh, in this. No, and also Mothra is like inherently good and just wouldn't kill anyway. Yes. Um, 
or at least wouldn't kill humans. Maybe kill monsters, depends. But yep. Um, so yeah, Mothra currently number four. Uh, not number four, number three. New number three of four. Grub for, um, grub form Mothra specifically. Yes, grub form Mothra from Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Uh, next up is Rodan, the second one. Um, so there are there are some key differences because in Rodan from Rodan, uh, it basically spends a lot of that film using its speed to knock things over. It doesn't mm-hmm. really have uh, much. It does have that. Um, uh, breath attack in Rodan, um, but which never shows up again. But at the same time, it kind of doesn't use that particular power to much effect anyway. Um, I mean, whereas... it, the 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 city destruction scene in in Rodan involves a lot of buildings getting crashed by Rodan's wind power and breath. Yeah, yeah, but I I feel like the breath in that film doesn't really do much that the wit like the speed, the supersonicness of it wasn't already doing. That's true, but the supersonicness lets you destroy a lot of things very quickly. Yeah. That's why I'm saying that that power is the important one. The yeah, absolutely. So much. Absolutely. Um Rodan from this film can obviously still go as fast, but just kind of doesn't do anything with it. The only thing its speed comes into play with is the kind of brief dogfight it has with King Ghidorah and then they just collide in midair instead of actually fighting. Um, it does throw rocks, though. It's good at only, But only because Godzilla threw them first. In fact, it, 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 it throws and also headbutts rocks. Yes, it's not, it's not like afraid of headbutting a rock. And these are big rocks, too. Like, they, they, they look small because it's Godzilla throwing them, but they are sizable. Yeah, they're like the size of this thing's head. Easy. Yeah. Bigger than that. Um... There's also some like kind of beak action going on. Like Rodan, this Rodan um, did a pretty decent job of like pecking at Ghidorah and attacking that way, whereas Rodan from Rodan didn't do that. Um, and also uh, smart enough to carry Mothra on their back, which is a plus. Yes, and also smart enough to uh, airdrop air Godzilla onto a um, onto a pylon, an electricity pylon. This is true. Um. Yeah. So actually, that's something I didn't consider the uh, the 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 nutshot uh, pylon drop. Um. But yeah, I, I feel like that's enough to put Rodan from this film above Rodan from Rodan. Um, Interesting. I I feel like it could go either way, and I was literally the opposite way before we just had this conversation. But um, <laughs> no, I I, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, like Rodan was way more destructive in the last film, but Rodan from this film in a city. Say what? That was just by virtue of being in a city, I think. Yeah, uh, and also just being antagonistic towards humans. Yes. Um, but Rodan in this film was, even though it acted like a child, it was smarter. Like it was doing the Mothra thing. It it dropped Godzilla onto something, so it was doing more. Plus, it didn't lose its speed power. So I think in a fight. This Rodan would probably be Rodan from Rodan. That's a yeah. lot of Rodans. Um, so Rodan from Ghidorah is now the new god. Where are we now? Now the new number two. <laughs> okay. Of five. Building this list in my head every time is bad. Um, you should just but... put numbers down the side, really. Oh, I do. It's just I have the full list and I'm pretending I'm ranking them now. 
Oh, I see. Um, <laughs> King Ghidorah. Um, so King Ghidorah has some pretty good uh, uh, gravity beams. Um, they so. Where did you get that name from, by the way? Because I don't. So they, I call them gravity beams because that is canonically what they are. It's just not explained in this film that that's what it is. No. Um, it, it just like, looks like lightning. Yeah, it looks like it's spitting lightning, which, in my opinion, is cooler. But apparently, it's gravity beams. It doesn't do anything gravity-ish anyway. Like it's just a cool name, I guess. But um, that is apparently what it is. Okay. Um, and and the beams themselves seem pretty good versus buildings and Mofra. Yep they they are they are they claim Tokyo Tower. They do claim Tokyo Tower and also like blow Mofra across the 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 landscape a little bit. But mm-hmm. as we mentioned earlier, Godzilla is Godzilla can feel them, but doesn't seem particularly bothered by it. Like no, um, he's annoyed by it, but I don't think he's hurt by it. Um, Ghidorah can also fly at uh, same speed as Rodan uh, it was powerful enough to push Godzilla for a bridge so in theory at least at that point in time it was stronger physically than Godzilla because it managed to push it through mm-hmm. um, but at the same time I would say like in, in this film in particular it's very jerky which I think counts against it it's kind of not in a kind of fun and predictable way. It's just kind of there's just too much movement going on, and it's just a lot to deal with. Which well, is just by virtue of how complicated the puppetry on this model, on this, on this outfit is. Yeah, it's it, it's not only complicated, but it's like the, the 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 way that the puppet works means that they can't do anything too uh, particular with the heads to kind of give them personality or no. to have them do anything except bob up and down. Um, and I'm counting that against it because I'm mean. No, I think um, that's legit. And we we see that it's good versus cities and Tokyo Towers, but not so much versus Kaiju. Like, yes, it pushes Godzilla through a bridge, but it doesn't really hurt it. Mothra I, seems I, fine. I th- I think that that head bobbing thing actually directly ties into why it's good against cities. Because in cities, it can fire its beams anywhere and trash stuff. Yeah. But when it's like directly fighting another creature, it can't aim for shit. This is fair. Um, I would I would also argue that Ghidorah didn't really try either. Like it did obviously fire the beams a few times, but not. It was not like its main weapon, right? Or it was its main weapon, but it wasn't like fighting a lot anyway. I guess. Mm. Um. Like. It, like I, I keep going back to that pushing Godzilla through the bridge, but that happened like really early in their meeting, and then after that, it was just Ghidorah getting wailed on by three monsters, and it not actually doing much in response. Yeah. Um, and also, King Ghidorah in this film is a coward. It didn't even get beaten; it just flew away. Yeah, like we know that the string shot doesn't hurt mm-hmm. because Godzilla and uh, Rodan find it hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it does not get visibly harmed at all. No, it, it just gets thrown off a cliff annoying. and then runs away. Yeah, it just can't be bothered to deal with it. Yeah. Um. So in like a in a in a kind of strength perspective, there's even though King Ghidorah doesn't do a lot to kind of demonstrate how strong it is, it is obviously very strong. Um. I mean, in canon, yes, but I I don't know that this film justified that. I don't, but I feel like at the same time, even though it didn't justify it particularly well. 
in every instance when King Ghidorah was facing off with one of the monsters, it always won out, with the exception of Rodan, in which it was more of a double KO, but Rodan sucks and I don't care. Um, <laughs> All right, fair. But yeah, it, it blasted Mothra away, Rodan did Rodan stuff, and, and Godzilla got pushed around as well. It was only yeah. really when they all teamed up that they could actually do something. Yep, that's um, true. So I have ranked King Ghidorah number two, mostly because I, I'm picturing King Ghidorah versus Gamera, and Gamera was so indestructible in that in that film that I just don't... I can't foresee King Ghidorah having done anything to it. Okay, but this is a Metapod situation. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that Gamera would do much in response, but, you know... It's King Ghidorah is more threatening to humanity for sure, but Gamera in a fight against King Ghidorah, these versions of them, I think Gamera would last just by how tanky it is. That's fair. Um, so King Ghidorah, new number two, Godzilla, last monster. We're getting there. We're nearly at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not think too much of Godzilla in this film because it's. Basic attacks are throwing rocks and using an atomic breath that doesn't bother anything it uses it on. Like, yeah. it, it blasts Rodan with an atomic breath, I think, twice, and it doesn't do anything. I mean, it, it, the, the the reaction Rodan gives to the breath, I would say, is akin to, oh, get a mint. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a burp or a fart. Like, it's not... It's annoyed by it, but it's not rolling around in pain. Um... It, it kind of grabs Ghidorah's heads for a bit, but doesn't do too much. Like the the most devastating thing it did was throw Ghidorah off the cliff, which is pretty cool. But I don't think it did much either. It just annoyed Ghidorah enough to disappear off the planet. I got really excited when Godzilla grabbed Ghidorah, uh, Ghidorah's tail. Uh, I thought we were going to get a Mario throwing Bowser situation. Same. And if he'd done didn't. that, I would rate Godzilla higher. But Absolutely. It was just a very simple toss. Yeah, uh, and it was impressive, but it it's not. It, it wasn't. It didn't do too much, I don't think. Um. So yeah, I feel like Godzilla was a bit neutered in this film versus like a lot of the other films I've seen. Yeah. Um. And so I've put Godzilla as the new number three. I would. I. I reckon that in a fight between King Ghidorah and Godzilla in this film, that King Ghidorah would win. Yeah, I agree. Um. So. After all of that, it means our current list now is Gamera, King Ghidorah, Godzilla, Rodan from Rodan, Rodan from Ghidorah. Oh no, the other way around, I swapped them. You did. That's not confusing at all. Mothra and Meganion. There's our seven definitive, definitively ranked monsters. So you're not going to rank the whales? Uh, no, because <laughs> uh, Wales is not even a real country. Okay. I'm going to cut that out of the thing because I just realized what well, that's a reference to. Oh. Um, <laughs> never mind. Um, yeah, so that, I think, wraps up uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Mm -hmm. um, we got there in the end. Uh, that took way too long, and I just realized that when we eventually get round to Final Wars, which has 22 monsters in it, oh, no. we're going to be here for three hours. Um. But uh, look forward to that in episode 112 or something. Gosh, yeah, no. Final Wars is going to be like a <laughs> heck of a thing. We might have to, we might have to like skip the film summary. 
Yeah, maybe just make it a two-parter or something. That would work. Um, we'll we'll cross that bridge. We've got a lot of films uh, on the list. So we sure do. Um, we sure do. So speaking speaking of, of the list, yes. Uh, if you want to view any details about this film, uh, see timestamps, see fun gifts, see anything we've mentioned, go to thegloryblog.com and look for the show post for episode four. Uh, we're going to be watching a film called Space Amoeba. Which is, that's not a Toho joint, right? It is a Toho joint. But it's not um, a Godzilla universe joint. Yes, yeah, so I think that the lead monster in this film does technically appear in a Godzilla film, but is not any, it's like a, it's like a stock footage cameo at some point, it doesn't do anything. Gotcha. Um, so it's more of a, it's in the Toho universe technically, but the uh, the monsters in this film are not Godzilla adjacent, so that should be fun. It's another Ishiro Honda joint as well, so you know it's a, a like seventies era Toho monster movie, but it should be fun. And I've I've seen the suit design for the main monster, and I'm very excited. Oh hell yeah! Uh, so yeah, it should be good. So join us next month, uh, September. September. It's the Ayushiki month. It is. Uh, also, for September's episode, we'll probably be a bit earlier than usual. Uh, or we'll just miss it completely and we'll be later than usual. I guess we'll yep. find out. Yeah, but, no, there are there are some logistic concerns. Yes, but we will have an episode out in September at some point. So mm-hmm. check out Space Amoeba then. And until next time, have fun. Bye. Bye.